0: Now we're getting to the bottom of everything.
1: It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call.
0: This world is no place for Catholic chickens.
1: Answering the call.
0: You call that a failure? I call it a great success.
1: Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. And
2: welcome to Mother Angelica Answering the Call, where the truth is never on hold. I'm Doug Keck here with our chaplain, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, as we listen to Mother Take on some of the questions from our classic television program that she hosted back in the eighties and the nineties from our viewers. Always great to be with your father.
3: Yes, and I know. And uh, one of these programs, it really—I laughed out loud. You know, and some of these things that Mother says that get to the point, but she had such a great sense of humor. So I hope that our listeners too will have a few chuckles along the way.
2: Absolutely. Uh, we'll be talking about prayer requests for a struggling caller. It's a tough one. We'll hear that one ran away from home to become a nun. I wonder who that's about. Um, <laughs> how should I state the truth? Mother has some insights there. And first off, we'll start off with, the priest won't give me absolution. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of an interesting story of two different priests having different reactions.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, and you know, sometimes uh, as priests, I've heard years of confessions, of course. I'm not going to reveal anything mm-hmm. uh, except to say that Sometimes people do need a little direction, right? That maybe they are looking too intensely, as Mother puts it, you know, here. We're not, not going to be bopped over the head if you look cross-eyed sort of thing. And And so they just need a little direction. I think maybe that was what was lacking the most here, just a little bit of direction and a time to explain. But I would never tell a penitent, you know, I'm not going to absolve you from that. That's not a sin. I would never say that. I would say I may give them some advice regarding it if I think it's a little bit being scrupulous. But I'd always say, but we bring it before the Lord as he sees it for his mercy and his absolution. So that's, I think, a good approach.
2: Right. And and if you have that dealing with somebody with scrupulosity or something mm-hmm. like that for them to take that on, but also at least gives them the relief to feel
3: exactly.
2: that, that this has been taken <clears throat> off of their shoulders, mm-hmm. rather than walking around and continuing to feel as, as if they still have this hanging over their head. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Mother makes a point, she said, uh, scrupulous people are the people who go to confession and come out five minutes again Mm -hmm. and and are ready to go back in when you're dealing with that. But I also thought it was interesting when she talks about, you know, and Mother always did this, she'd bring up these little tiny things that we all ignore, like, what about the time you used the postage stamp that came Mm. (laughs) uncancelled?
3: Yes. (laughs) Don't see that too much anymore, but at one time, right, that often happened. And hey, I could reuse this and get away with this. Nobody would know. (laughs) Absolutely. And
2: I'm assuming back in those days with the mailings going out even from Mm -hmm. EWTN, Mother had a greater sensitivity (laughs) to the fact that people might do that. So let's see what she has to say about the priest who won't give
0: absolution. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother? Yeah, where are you from?
4: Uh, this is David from Evansville, Indiana.
0: Wonderful. What, what's your question?
4: Well, uh, I have a little issue uh, that happened to me uh, a couple of weeks ago that I'd like to ask you about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to confession. I have kind of a hard time going to confession. I get very nervous. Well, uh, I went into the confessional, and I confessed my sins. One of the sins uh, the father felt was not a sin, so I did not receive, receive absolution. So I tried a different priest, and I told him the same sin, and he uh, and I also told him, you know that uh, I told him that uh, the, the first uh, what the first priest did. I'm sorry, I'm nervous. Uh, so and he said, well, I don't want to step on the first priest's uh, decision, and so I didn't receive absolution from him either. And so now I've got this sin with me that has not been absolved, and i was just wondering what to do.
0: Right now, I'm composing myself <laughs> <laughs> so that I don't have an extra one <laughs> next Monday. First of all, we have to know that there are venial sins and mortal sins. Of course, I. what does mortal mean? It means that I have done something so offensive to God with full knowledge and deliberation. And what I literally do in mortal sin, let's put it like Jesus would, I told God, I don't want you and I shoved him out. Venial sin, is we don't shut him out. He's still with us, but we're not too nice, you know. We're irritable. We <coughs> we bite people. I mean, not literally, but we bite their heads off and we we're grumpy and grouchy and and we we tell Junior to say, I'm not home when you are. And and um, you use postage stamps that came uncancelled.
4: <laughs>
0: you didn't know that one, did you?
1: <laughs>
0: oh, we do a lot of little things, but they're really not little in as much as I do of friend God, it's, you know. He wants us to be like Jesus. We try, we fail. We were never out of the presence of God, see? Um, so that's a venial sin. Now, you see, what's wrong today? Our sisters go to confession once a week. You say, what do you do? Well, according to some today, you don't need to go unless you have a biggie. Well, who wants to do that when the whole church is watching you go to that confession they'll say, Oh,
1: <laughs> boy,
0: <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> see, I mean, that's, that's an infringement of privacy. We should never say, Hey, come up, I'll forgive all your sins." Put the vet models in there. Well, that, that's terrible, you see. That's number one. We as religious have many more obligations before God than you do. See, many more obligations before God. And because we do little things to us, since we have vows. I and mean, what kind of vows do we have? We have poverty, chastity, and obedience. Now, I'm trying to find something here in St. Luke, but I'm looking at John. That's not going to do me any good, is it? <laughs> um, come on, Luke. Um, uh, what are you saying here? now? But you see, if you feel it was sinful, you know you did something, say, imperfect, not that it was even sinful. But you feel before God that you need to confess that they need to hear you. If you go to to confession and you say, well, "I only have false weaknesses, infidelities," for, uh, um, um, you know, I swore at my dog. <laughs> um, and and if you do, if you have that, why, what are you going to be confessed for? You confess for those. But then you can add for these and this special sin that I have confessed but I was guilty of and all my life, I'm sorry, Father. But see, even now, we're not talking about scruples and I don't think you're a scrupulous, man. Truples are when people go to confession, come out five minutes ago again. Hey, scrupulous people are those who think God's going to pop them on the head if they look cross-eyed. See, we have to understand the mercy and the love and the compassion of Jesus, but no one should ever throw you out of the confessional. See so you have a right to go to confession we we don't have to go and we got biggies. Let's pretend something, huh? Let's pretend I have a a barrel It's an old-fashioned barrel. I want to fill it with water, but I only got a tablespoon. I have a tablespoon. going to take me a long time, huh? Tablespoon at a time. So venial you know, sins can pile up, but what can happen? What can happen? My will becomes weaker and weaker and weaker, tablespoon at a time the first thing you know, I don't have any sense anymore and so I can then get into bigger sin, see, because I lost that sense of sin. And not only that of displeasing the Lord, not coming up to His expectations. He wants every one of us to live in Him as the Trinity, live in each other. As the Father loves me, I love you, He said. He told St. Catherine of Siena, He said, since you cannot love me with an infinite love, I take your love, the love you give to your neighbor, as done to me. Hmm. I love you, I love Jesus. See, isn't that wonderful? If I love an old grouch, I love Jesus more. <laughs> it takes more love to love an old grouch. But see, we can never give up. So you go and find a holy priest who can help you not only with your fault or your venial sin, but to help you overcome and help you get a confidence and trust in God.
2: And moving ahead, we have a very tough call, mm. a prayer request for a struggling caller. We're talking about a baby dying.
3: Yeah, such a sadness. You know, I saw recently on EWTN this beautiful spot that we had produced about miscarriage. And it talked about the grief that often people don't understand. Well, you've got other children, that sort of thing. And even the father's grief that often people don't even uh, recognize that. I thought it was just a beautiful spot talking about that reality. In fact, uh, recently, October 15th, we had a special mass intentions for the National Pregnancy and Infant Loss Remembrance Day. And uh, Father John Paul, you know, talked about that. We had special intentions because this is really something that people suffer through. The loss of a child is not just something incidental, but really is painful.
2: Right. And I think Mother makes the point today with what's going on in the country, I uh, connecting it to abortion and the fact that there are people who lose children that they want, and there's mm-hmm. others out there who are purposely killing right. their own children.
3: Yes. So and both situations are sad because there's a death of a child. And so we want to welcome all children with love, and we know that there are parents who are wanting children who would welcome uh, the unborn child that maybe is threatened with abortion, That there are many couples that would welcome that child.
2: Absolutely. Let's uh, see what mother had to say with this person who was struggling with this death.
0: Why, Marco? Okay. Go. Hello. Hello. Hello? Where are you from? This is Mary from Pennsylvania. Wonderful. What is your question? Uh, We came down in May with uh, uh, Grace Conroy with the Fatima statue. Right. Um, my, I need some prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna have a baby in January, and I went for a checkup two weeks ago, and the baby's died. And I'm sorry. I
4: have
0: to go to the hospital Thursday. Um, I'm sorry. They have to remove him. We need him Francis. We'll pray, Sarah. Thank you. Uh, if you send me your address, I'll send you a little prayer the Lord gave me for those who have stillborn or. Uh, lose their baby, miscarriage. I would say a prayer for you now, okay? Lord God, we praise and bless you for all those women who want children so bad and, and they die within them. Their mother's womb has been their life and their grave. But that child, Lord, was known to you before time began. It's with you in your kingdom. She has lost the sight of that child but not the child. She will not see him on this earth but she will see him forever in eternity. So give her strength, courage, and let her know she does have a child. And so, Lord, we ask pardon for those who abort and for the children who were never given a chance to live. For all of us, Lord, we ask your mercy. Amen. Amen. God loves you, and so do I.
1: There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Keck on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying
2: with us for part two of Mother Angelica answering the call, Doug Keck along with Father Joseph Mary Wolf, And let's get to a phone call that's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. talking about <laughs> uh, somebody who ran away to become a nun. Yes. You have any idea who that might be?
3: I do. And uh, this was the one where I laughed out loud, actually, when I read it, and, uh, what Mother had to say, that uh, she gives her own testimony. But I think she also gives some very good ad- advice for discerning a vocation and what that vocation might be. If you are called to religious life, is it an active order, contemplative order? Where do you feel at home? Where do they feel that you're at home?
2: Right, I thought that was a really good point, that it's not only you finding the comfort, Mm -hmm. but also for the community itself, right?
3: Right, so it's a mutual thing that you both say, yeah, you feel like you're part of the community already. You're being here, we'd love to welcome you, and that person feels the same, Um, so. uh,
2: Right. And exactly mm-hmm. with that point is that I thought it was also interesting that Mother said, you know, read spiritual books and scriptures if you're discerning this person, but mm-hmm. go out and have a good time with your friends and peers, etc. Mm-hmm. And in her case, she reminds people today, you should ask your parents.
3: Yes. You know, when I was discerning myself, I was an engineer here. I began to pray Cardinal Mercier's Prayer to the Holy Spirit. So let me conclude with that. Oh, Holy Spirit, soul of my soul, I adore you and guide, strengthen and console me. Tell me what I ought to do and command me to do it. I promise to submit to everything you ask of me and to accept all that you allow to happen to me. Just show me what is your will.
2: Right. And on another level, let's find out how Mother considers herself to be her own grandma. (laughs) And that's Mother Angelica, the one and only, ran away from home to become a nun. She certainly did.
0: So now, all you people that want to ask me questions, you're on. Hello? Hello, Mother. Where are you from? I'm from St. Paul, Minnesota. What can I do for you? What would you say to a 14 year old or someone that's a like, younger teen if they wanted to become a religious? I'd say, go ahead. You, first of all, honey, you have to graduate high school. You don't have to graduate college, but you need to graduate high school. That's number one. Number two, you got to find out. And ask Jesus and Our Lady to help you. What would you like to do the most? How are you inclined? Is it a nurse, um, a social worker, a teacher? Then, if that's what you want to do, one of those you try to seek out various teaching orders, nursing orders, those like Mother Teresa who take care of the poor and the dying, the sick. Now you say, no. I want to give my whole life to Jesus. I want to pray for those who don't pray for themselves. I want to give honor and glory and praise to Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Then you seek out contemplative orders, Carmelites, visitantes, Redemptorists, poor Clares, like we are, and you hunt. You write them letters. You say, would you send me a brochure? You may go and visit. Let me tell you how you know where you belong. It's very simple. No, God's not going to come down and say, now here it is, sweetheart, walk in the door. Your angel's going to say, no, go that direction, 1605, 11th Street is the place. Nothing like that. What they're going to do, what you're going to do, is the place you feel at home. Number one, number two, do they feel at home with you? That's simple. Hmm? If the community feels at home with you, and you feel at home there, go. You can't go at fourteen. Now, what you can do you start to pray. Read the scriptures, some spiritual books. Go out and have good fun with your, your peers, good fun. Ask your parents. Now, I only had my mother and, and I didn't even ask her because I know what she would have said. <laughs> and I was right. Uh, so I ran away from home. I got in the bus. I wrote my mother a letter. In those days, it got there the time I would have gotten there. Um, And uh, they tell me you could hear my mother and my grandmother across the street. But I had to become a nun. I knew that was God's will. And God was so good because years later, my mother became a nun in my community and I called her sister and she called me mother. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody figured out, I think it was uh, Dale Francis. He used to write for Sunday Visitor. He figured out I was my own grandma. (laughs) 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 So we must obey the will of God. Unfortunately, some parents feel that contemplative life especially is a waste of time. Why don't you feel then that those men in red standing outside of Queen Elizabeth's palace and doing nothing but standing there, are they doing any good? They don't have weapons? Why do you want to stand there in rain and sleet and snow? Why? Because the Queen deserves the presence and the protection of her people. Is God less than Queen Elizabeth, who has a court, who has ladies-in-waiting? We are dealing with an awesome, awesome God. Awesome God. who gave us life and knew He would give us life and when He would give us life and has loved you and me, loved you and me before time began. Are you saying that that God should not have those ever ready to serve, ever ready to pray, ever ready to console? ever ready to make reparation for the sins of the world and ready to be in prayer 24 hours a day for those who die suddenly or without preparation. To make reparation for those who hide under darkness to commit every kind of hideous sin. But God sees them all. And most of all, who we'll pray and thank God for all those who never, never, once in their life has ever said, Thank you, Lord.
2: And closing out uh, this edition of Mother Angelica Answering the Call, uh, Question Caller, how should I state the truth? Mm. Uh, sometimes we complicate the truth, don't we, Father?
3: Yes, and we have to be forthright with the truth, as Mother brings out here, and yet not ugly, right? Mm -hmm. That you continue to love them as your children. How often we hear this sad story today, right, of my children have stopped practicing the faith. But your love and patience. You know, and I've said to a mother recently, I said, you know, we look at Our Lady of Sorrows, and she has seven uh, swords in some places, thorns in her heart. And that's a mother's particular suffering, right, for her children. And so they do grieve in a particular depth, I think, a mother's heart does. But they also, as Mother says, really bring the very mercy of God upon their children.
2: Right. And I, I think what's nice is she talks about we must always tell the truth. And then she goes on to say compassion is not condoning. Mm-hmm. Compassion is to stand for the truth with mercy. So you need that mercy and love that St. Paul talks about.
3: Yes, and to trust in God's providence, and I often encourage parents whose children have gone astray to present them to the Lord, as Mother says, that they are more your children than mine, and I trust in your providence to bring them to salvation.
2: Right. Let's see what Mother has to say. How should I state the truth?
3: We have another call.
0: Hello? Good evening, Mother Angelica. Good evening, and where are you from? Uh, Spokane, Washington. Hey, what is your question? My question, Mother, is I have five children that I raised up in the Catholic Church in the ways of the Lord, yet three of my five children are now living out of wedlock with other people. How can you show compassion and mercy and yet be firm in stating, this is not the way? You're supposed to live your life. This is not glorifying the Lord and show the mercy. I know. Well, you have to separate truth. (laughs) We must always tell the truth. Not in a nagging way. They've heard you once, twice, three times, probably five or six times. They know. They know. Love them. Pray for them. The Lord looks at your mother's heart. The mother's heart, I think, brings down the very mercy of God upon her children. Even though it don't look good, even though they don't seem to repent, God will do it for you because you're having compassion. Not for what they do. What they do is wrong. Compassion is not condoning is to stand for the truth with mercy. It's wrong. They know it and you know it and God knows it. But you must treat them as God does, with mercy and patience. Aren't we all happy God has patience with us, huh? Everybody here, everybody in the world is happy that God has patience with them. I am. So be patient, pray, 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 and be loving. Your love and patience and standing for truth will bring them around at the right time. Let God Be God. Put it in His heart and say, Lord, I can't do anything. I've messed it up. You do it for me and He will. I've never said that to the Lord, He didn't take over.
1: For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.